jokes. Uh, but I, I want, uh, I'm going to take about 30 seconds just to sort of tell you a little bit about uh, who I am. Uh, first of all, I think the most important thing is that I gave my life to Christ in 1992. So this is 31 years of walking with the Lord. Uh, I've, I've been on the Lord's side more than I was demonic. So I think that matters to our testimony that we've served God most of our life. I've been married to the same woman for uh, 32 years this coming August. My wife, Lisa Jones. Uh, amen. Yes. There has to be a reward for that in heaven. I'm, I'm certain that there's a crown for like staying married to your wife. Um, I have uh, two adult children. My son's uh, 31. My daughter's 28. And I have my first grandchild who's five months old, uh, Nala Janae. So we're pretty excited about all that God is doing in our family right now. Uh, I, I pastor the Center for Manifestation. Our organization is called Manifestations Worldwide because it's so much more than a church. As some of my friends from Generations know, uh, we have been planted right in the heart of East Tampa. If you're familiar with Ybor City, we're right in the neighborhood, sort of adjacent to Ybor City. Uh, Trent, we're in the hood. That's where we are. We're basically, as I say, we're an oasis in the hood because uh, we've been planted there by God to, to do a work. Uh, Manifestation City is our present goal. Spiritual training, affordable housing, creating jobs and education are our are four components of the city that we are building there. My wife and I started our church uh, almost 22 years ago in a storefront garage with 20 people. And now, of course, our church has grown to become what it is today. Uh, we've literally touched almost all of the nations of the earth from Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've done missions all over the world. We own, we own orphanages in India. We built 27 churches from the ground up in India where the gospel had never been preached in Hindu villages. Um, we've been uh, missions to Africa, Asia, Europe. I mean, just all over the world. Russia. I, literally, I've done leadership conferences and training in Russia, Irkutsk, and Ulan Ude, and Moscow. This fellow went with me. And so we've, we've been really impactful to the nations of the earth. And then our community there, we have our own private school, uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, we have a college there, fully accredited college, theological college of which I'm the president, assistant living facility, uh, homes to feed the homeless throughout the week. Thousands of families are impacted by our, our, uh, our feeding programs. We have several housing programs. We're currently working to build 10 apartments for veterans right down the street from our church. So big impact in our neighborhood. So that's a little bit about uh, me and about our ministry, the work that we do. You can check us out. We're Manifestations Worldwide or the Center for Manifestation right in East Tampa. Well, I want to I want to talk about uh, my, the title of my focus today is helping healthily, helping healthily. I'm a pastor's pastor. Every Wednesday, my entire schedule on Wednesday is literally pastoring pastors and not just the pastors in our church. But I, I oversee about 100 plus churches in which I develop spiritual leaders. I do their, you know, who, where do pastors go when they're having problems with their wives? Well, that's what I do. I pastor and counsel pastors and their wives. I help them with their financial issues. I help them get over some of the things they're dealing with with the church, you know, feeling unappreciated and so on and so forth. That's what I do. I love doing it. I have a grace for it. And so that's why my focus is helping healthily. Now, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8.13, of course, 
I don't mean that your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. If you're a church worker, I want you to say this with me. Helping others should never hurt me. Uh, that's what I extrapolate from this verse is that helping others does not mean harming myself. That's one of the things that I teach my pastors is that there's a way to do this and, and literally take on no damage from doing it. But if you're going to do ministry without damage, remember I've been pastoring the same church for 22 years from a storefront church with 20 people to now over 2,000 people are members of our church. All right. But the, the reason that I, the way that I've learned to do it is to make sure that I'm, I'm in, I tend to my spiritual, emotional, and physical health very intentionally. Jesus never said, love your neighbor instead of yourself. What did he say? Love your neighbor what? As. As means like, which means before you go loving others, make sure you love yourself. Love yourself before you leave home so that you can continue to love and care for other people. You know, as Chris said, and I thank God for this focus, some of the most neglected people in the church are the pastor and his wife. And here's why. Because they're not very intentional about making sure that they have a process for assessing their well-being and a plan to make sure they stay well, you know? And so this is why I believe what we're doing is so vital when it comes to ministering to those who lead the flock because pastors are horrible at helping make sure that they, re they remain in a whole and healthy place. So first thing I want is, I want you to take note of this. Helping others is not supposed to hurt you. This is something I want every pastor or ministry worker to understand about people, good people. Hurting people are not concerned about your health. They're concerned about getting well, even at your expense. How many of us are ministry workers and even on your, eight, your day off, people call you trying to get help from you? Right, exactly. They don't care if you're off. <laughs> they, all they care about is I got a problem, you represent somebody God sent to help me, so help me now. So it's is the truth that those that, try, that are trying and endeavoring to get help from you, they're, I'm not saying they're bad people. I'm saying they're not concerned about your well-being. So you have to be concerned about your well-being. And you have to be intentional to make sure that you have a process for measuring your health. You know, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to ask this question, but it's only rhetorical. How many of you have a process for examining your emotional health? Think about that. Do I have a process for examining my emotional condition? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that a little bit more in just a moment. Most people don't. And the first time that many people realize they're having emotional trouble is when they are in an emotional crisis. And by then it's too late because now you're breaking down, probably ruining your testimony and, and so on and so forth. So it's important you to understand that you have to be intentional about your emotional health. Now, here's the next key. Grace matters. Only do what God has given you grace for. That's what I love about what my brother said. If you're not pastoring, if, if you're not called to pastor, there is no grace for pastoring. So the best advice, whoever told you stay in your field, you're, you're, you're graceful for the marketplace, that's the best advice anybody could have ever given him. You know, I pastor pastors, okay? I've had the opportunity and the pleasure of helping many pastors quit. <laughs> Why? Because they weren't pastors. They weren't pastors. 
There's no such thing as a professional pastor. You're either called to pastor or you're not called to pastor. And where, wherever there's a calling, there is grace. Grace is God empowering you to do it. Say this with me. When it's the anointing, it's not me. When it's me, it's not the anointing. And I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that when I'm impacting people, it's the power of God working through me and not me trying to do this in my own strength. So it's important to know what God has given you grace for. And, and for us as believers, nothing is secular. Everything is sacred for us. Literally, our jobs are our ministry. Or wherever we go in the marketplace and wherever we hold influence, that's what God has anointed us for and given us grace for. So grace matters. You can read 1 Corinthians 15, 10, where Paul said, I did more than they all, yet not I. It was the grace of God working through me. So we want to we remain in the grace of God. Now here's the next key. Mind your condition. It's not all of the stuff. It's the condition of the person doing all of the stuff that matters. So there are three things that I practice on a daily basis as a pastor. I'll be 53 years uh, old this, this year. I'll be 53, okay? Just had my yearly physical. And I am not, watch this. My doctor said I am in excellent shape for 53 years old. I already knew that. I just wanted to brag about it to my wife. So I went to my doctor to confirm it. But now there are, there are three things that I do on a daily basis. Say devotion. devotion. Meaning I don't care how busy I get. I am not studying the word just to preach sermons. I need the word of God for myself. I need it for my development. I need to know the mind of God for myself. So I get up at 6 a.m. I get in the word of God first. Then I get in prayer. And then I sit and listen to God to hear what he's saying to Mark Jones. So I can make sure I remain attuned to my father. Now, here's the second key. Say emotion. emotion. This morning, I listened to my therapist ministering on a recognizing coercive relationships. Translation, how to know when someone's playing you. <laughs> right? Now, why is that important to make sure you have a process for assessing your mental health? Right? Because once again, most of us don't intend on becoming depressed and broken down and feeling bummed out. We just don't have a plan not to. You know, I believe, how many believe in deliverance? Like God will really deliver you, right? I believe in prevention. So, you know, God will also preserve you, right? I'm, I'm into maintenance. I'm all about maintenance. You know, it's like my cars never break down because I do what? The maintenance. You all know that maintenance is much cheaper than repair, right? So, so say devotion. The second part of my day is called emotion. Mark Jones, examine your emotional condition. Make sure you're not wearing what these people are doing. Make sure that you have a process for resolving the stuff that you cannot control. That's very important. I'm saying I'm responsible. Y'all don't, you don't talk in church? We talk in church where I come from for, for the next 15 minutes. This is my church. Say, say, I'm responsible for having a process of emotional resolution. I want to make sure that every night I lay my head on the pillow. I don't have one thing to be concerned about. And I develop a process for that, a preventative measure. The third thing I do, including this morning, before I leave to go and, uh, you know, save the multitudes, is I have a gym in my home. I do my workout. Say motion. motion. Devotion, emotion, and motion. Today was ab day, right? I'm telling you, I'm buffed under here, but I'm too humble to admit it. Now watch this now. So devotion emotion and motion 
Those three things, I hope they stick with you. Because before I go out into the world trying to help everybody else, I gotta help myself. I have to make sure I remain in a healthy place. How many know that no matter how anointed you are, the spirit needs a body to finish the assignment? Think about this. Why did Moses make it into the promised land? Because he let feeling unappreciated by people cause him to dishonor God. Now this is the same man that God used to part the Red Sea and drown an entire army. But feeling unappreciated by people kept him from experiencing what God promised him. See that? It's the emotional part you really have to be concerned about. Here's the next thing. Don't take everything that people say and do personally. Thank you, Brother Rob. Listen to what Ecclesiastes 7.21 said. It says, do not pay attention to every word people say or you may hear your servant cursing you. Right? Anybody ever worked around in ministry, people that you cannot please no matter what you do? If you do this, someone complains about it. If you do the other thing, someone complains about it. So I've learned don't take everything people say and do personally. My job is to hear God and know what God wants. Your job is to decide whether you believe I heard from God or not. It's, my, it's not my job to convince you of anything. Here's the next thing. Say it with me. I will never audition to be myself. Now I tell people like this. Take a good look because this is what you get. This is it, right? The, uh, being a phony takes too much energy. So what you see is what you get. So I'm not auditioning to be myself with anyone. Be yourself because being phony comes with emotional consequences you don't want. All right? Here's the next key. Manage your expectation of other people. Number one, never transpose your values onto others if they, as if they're automatically theirs just because they're yours. How many of you have assumed people were good people and found out they were horrible people? Why? Because you transpose your values onto them. Never transpose your values. Never expect better behavior from anyone that you've actually seen before. All right? Common sense is a figment of your imagination. Remember that. Common, if common sense was common, everyone would have it, right? It's a figment of your imagination. Now listen, I have 54 employees that work for me, all right? And so I know for 54 employees, I have over 100 people in my leadership team, right? I know for a fact common sense is a figment of my imagination because I spent the last 20 years trying to train people to do things that I thought was common sense, right? Number three, don't do anything with human reciprocation in mind. Say it with me. God will reward me. If we really believe that our reward comes from God, then it's just about being obedient. It's not about being appreciated. You know, think about this. If you don't value you, how can I expect you to value me? If you don't appreciate your spouse, I know I don't have a chance with you. So I've learned to don't, don't do anything with human reciprocation in mind. Here's the last thing. Never put anything past anyone. You see, these are all tools for making sure that you manage your emotional disposition. All right? Here's the next thing. Get over the fear of disappointing other people. That's a huge part of your health is recognizing that it's impossible to please everyone. So number one, quit apologizing for being omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. All right? Quit apologizing. I thought you would be there. No, I have, to, I have to be there for my kids. You know, I tell our leaders, I said, if you got to choose between a baseball game with your kids and Bible studies, 
Do you go to that baseball game and support your kid? You get one chance to raise your kid. We will see you next week. You make the, make the right choice. You get one chance at raising your kids. You know, my children right now, well, they're grown people now, but my children right now are still very heavily involved with our ministry. My daughter is our student ministry leader, and my son is a creative who shows up when he wants and does what he wants to help with, right? Y'all know you never get two alike. But now here's the point, and my son was our student ministry leader for 18 years, well, 12 years before his sister took over. Why did my children not grow up and run away from the church? Because our church never stole their parents. My wife is a stay-at-home mom. I work, I run home. I don't, I'm not a homeboy that hangs out in the hood. You know, I don't have these other priorities. I would tell people, they asked me to come and speak for three nights. I said, I'll do two nights and you fly me back Saturday because I have a track meet on Saturday. I'm not missing that to, to stand here and preach to you something you already know. So, so it's important that we realize that we're not omni omnipotent, we're not omniscient, and we're not omnipresent. Create personal balance means automatically disappointing someone else. If you're going to be a balanced person at any level, you got to accept that you have to disappoint someone. It's just, it's just the truth. Here's the next key. Organize for success, not for stress. Now, what does that look like? Get rid of the one-man show paradigm. Now, I want you to think about this. You know, my off days are Monday and Thursday. The, uh, the most unhealthy thing I've done today is work on my off day. All right. So now watch this now. So my, <laughs> thank you. That's for you. That's for you, though. But my off days are Monday and Thursday. I deliberately broke up my week so that my ministry wouldn't kill me. Okay. I remember looking at my calendar one day, pastors, and I, look, I was looking at my calendar and everyone was on it except me. And I decided that day this will change. So I broke up my work week to make sure that I could ensure I was actually taking care of myself. You see that? So get rid of the one man show paradigm. Train people, trust people. Here's the thing I love to tell my administrators. I'm, I trust you, but I, I wanna see the reports. Trust but verify. So that's how we get rid of that one man show and organize for success. Next key, discern the difference between sacrifice and neglect. Sacrifice and neglect are not the same thing. You know, you got two guys doing the same thing, right? The same busyness, right? One of them is doing it from neglect. The other one is doing it as a sacrifice. Anybody know what the difference is between same activity? What makes one's a act of neglect and the other the act of sacrifice? Anybody know what the difference is? Here it is the condition of the guy doing it. Because if you're not taking care of yourself but you're saving the world, everything you're offering in the name of the Lord is from a position of neglect. But when you make sure you are whole and healthy and now you make sacrifices for people, now you're making it from a right posture. Now it's not gonna destroy you in the process of helping others. Now, here's a, something that I tell my pastors all the time. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is your life, say Christ is my life. Christ. Pastors, ministry is not my life. Ministry is not my life. Christ is my life, not my ministry. Okay? When Christ, who is your life, then shall appear, you shall appear with him in glory. So number one, Christ is my life. Here's the second thing I always tell my pastors. Be intentional about creating friendships. 
Now, I'm not talking about somebody going to ask you how many people join your church this week. People who don't care about how many people join your church this week. People who care about you. You got to be intentional about creating those relationships. Make room for fun, for catharsis, for hobbies. You know, for me, every two weeks, it's a deep tissue massage. In Jesus' name. It is a must. You know, five days a week I work out. Why? Because it's part of my catharsis and reading and meditating and doing the things I need to do to remain in a whole and healthy place. Okay? Create personal boundaries. If you're tired, go to sleep. It's okay to not answer your phone. Anybody know that? Number three, date your wife. Every For me, every Friday night is date night with my wife of almost 32 years. Vacations every year, once or twice. Date your wife. Raise your kids. Lose the saver complex. We, we wrestle not. Stay out of your flesh when dealing with people. And here's the last and major key. This one here is major. No is an answer that does not require an explanation. How many of you know that? If I tell you no, I don't have to explain no to you. You just got to be ready to entertain my no as an actual answer. So no is a full answer. Now listen, that's my time. I'm, I am heavily vested in helping pastors and ministry leaders remain whole and healthy. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, if you would. My podcast, where I cover, I probably have 200 podcasts on there, this kind of subject matter, 360 Wellbeing. It's called Live Long, Lead Well. Please find it on the Apple, I'm not an iPhone guy, but I think it's called Apple Podcasts, right? It's on Apple, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on Spotify, it's on Anchor, everywhere you get podcasts. Please look for Live Long, Lead Well with Dr. Mark Jones. That's my time. I hope you've been blessed and impacted today. Bless you, brother. I told you. I told you so. Thank you so much, Dr. Jones. Thank you so much, Rob Motti, for being here.